Welcome into another edition of Tuesdays with Gorney. I'm Woody Womack here with the man himself, Adam Gorney. Adam, how you doing? Great. We got all types of stuff to talk about. You got a big interview uh, that we will put in the back half of the show with Walter Nolan Sr., five-star defensive tackle, Walter Nolan's dad. So uh, be sure to stay locked in for that. You can also watch that on YouTube as well as this full podcast. Let's get into the topics, Gorney. Clay Helton, fired. Uh, we kind of knew this was going to happen. It's been years in the making. Uh, what do we think the impact is here, though, from a recruiting perspective? I mean, does the new coach have any chance of keeping this class together, especially because they probably won't be in place until November? Yeah, Clay has dodged the bullet a few times, and I think the Stanford loss and just the way they looked in that game was really the final straw. In terms of recruiting, it's hard to know right now. Sometimes when a coach gets fired – um, you know, kids get worried for a little while and then there's a new hire, a big name comes in and they get all excited that things are going to finally turn around and, and things will be fine. I think, uh, all the kids loved Clay Helton as a person, respected him, really liked him. You know, um, it, it, he just didn't win enough big games and turn the program into what they wanted to as a PAC 12 champion and national championship contender. So, Guys like Damani Jackson, you know, he just came off of a visit to Michigan. That's definitely a school that he's going to look at. Um, but from talking to basically everybody in the class last night and this morning, I think I've, I've come away with two things. If Dante Williams stays on the staff, everything should be pr pretty fine. And if Graham Harrell stays, uh, Devin Brown won't look around anywhere. And that's the high four-star quarterback that's committed. Now, you know, if it's Luke Fickle, if it's Matt Campbell, if it's James Franklin, whoever gets this job and takes it over, I would be surprised if they got rid of Dante. I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Graham Harrell because they probably have their own offensive coordinator that they want to bring with them. But Dante is such a fantastic recruiter, not only in California, but nationally, that having him on staff would be super important. So I don't think there's going to be, a, you know, a rash of decommitments here. Um, I would look at Michael Williams because George is going to look at him uh, and wants him in their class. I would look at Damani Jackson, obviously the two biggest fish in the class, but I get the sense that Damani Jackson wants to go to USC, wants to have Dante Williams on staff, and whoever gets the head coaching job, he'd be fine with. Yeah, I think if, if, uh, the, I think they're more realistic that they keep Dante. I don't see a, I, I don't see a coach come in and be like, hey, we're going to keep, the offensive coordinator, and we're going to keep this guy. It's right. the kids always say this, like, oh, if they keep whoever, but it's like, the majority of coaches don't keep anyone. I mean, they right. keep maybe one or two guys. It's just the way – I mean, they want to bring it. there's a reason the last coach got fired and they want to bring in their own their own guys with them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing. And, and kids always say that. I mean, the first reaction, and it's a little deceptive, is, you know, I want this guy to stay and that guy to stay. Well, you know, if things were going well, then everybody would stay. And, and you know, whoever comes in, like you said, are going to bring in their own coaches. They're going to bring their own vision. And it's not exactly like the USC offense was really humming under Graham Harrell. So it's, uh, you know, he, I, I would be surprised if he's going to be retained, um, you know, especially if Luke Fickle comes in. It's a, you know, a, di a different offense. But it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out head coaching wise. You know, you know, USC's new AD came from Cincinnati. He hired Fickle there. You know, Fickle is not a guy exactly that fits in with Southern California culture and norms and those kinds of things. Um, he's not exactly the Pete Carroll type, um, but it, that might be what USC needs is someone who's, you know, no nonsense, doesn't take, you know, isn't friends with the players, really expects 
and demands certain things from them. There's no question that the talent is here. I mean, look at the talent that is in, you know, from Southern California across the entire country at every position at every team. So if you can keep those guys home and we did that story of the guys that they lost just from the region alone. I mean, that is a national championship contender team right there. So, um, you know, if you can come in and recruit really well and sell a vision and I think, you know, USC recruiting 2020 was a complete absolute disaster and missed 2021 got a lot better. There are still people that want to play at USC. Um, but the shine is off a little bit in terms of guys going nationally, you know, years ago, Najee Harris wouldn't even have thought of going to Alabama. He would have been at USC Joe Mixon the same way. Bijan Robinson, the same way those running backs would have been in USC's backfield, the quarterbacks alone in Southern California, we could go down the list of guys that they lost um, over the years. So someone has to come in and sell their vision. I think that they, the, the kids definitely want to play here. Uh, it's just a question of, can they win national championships here? All right. So the money Jackson specifically, he was, he's been flirting with Michigan essentially the entire time he's been committed. He flirted with Alabama a little bit, but Michigan seems to be the threat. Now, I mean, Michigan's off to a hot start, but it's possible they're in the same situation USC's in a year from now. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. wouldn't stun any of us. How, I mean, realistically, take Williams out of the picture. I mean, what percentage would you say that he ends up elsewhere? It still has to be pretty low to me, right? Yeah, I, I'd give it 80, 20, 75, 25. And the thing is that Michigan was his dream school growing up. He's not really a, a West Coast kid. He, he grew up, you know, until he was, at, you know, at least, I think, eight in the Midwest. His dad was a military guy. Then he lived in Hawaii. Then he moved to California. So he's been all over the place. Michigan was the dream school growing up. He absolutely loves it there. I think he loves that they have NFL play uh, coaches on staff. That's a big thing. Harbaugh's history in the NFL is a big thing. He's very close with Will Johnson. They are very close friends. Um, they actually, you know, it was reported that they had like a private talk in the big house about playing together and doing their thing at, at Michigan and all those kinds of things. So I don't think it's completely out of the question, but Damani also always wanted to play at USC. He is super close with Dante Williams. It's right down the road and he can go in there and make an impact early under a new coaching staff. Now, I think all those things are things that he's going to consider. I would not be shocked if he went to Michigan, but I would be surprised if it happened just because um, he had the chance to go to Michigan earlier. Uh, he could have gone there months ago when he committed to USC. I think it, it's always in the back of his mind, uh, like uh, what if, if I do this, but I don't know if he's ready to pull the trigger and do it at all. Can anyone else get involved and will Alabama get back involved or is it just Michigan, USC? Yeah, I think it's just Michigan, USC, Alabama. Those are the three. And I, you know, I think Texas has reached out. Oklahoma has reached out. Um, other schools are definitely going to go after him. Um, but I think he's only going to, you know, really look at USC, what happens there with the coaching staff. Now, if Dante is not retained, I think that's an, that's a different story. I think then Michigan becomes at least a 50, 50 shot. Um, Alabama is going to be involved until the end, I think the development there, he can't say no so easily to them. But I feel like, uh, you know, Michigan has the shot with Will Johnson. Will Johnson is probably unlikely to visit USC now. So the hope of them playing together at USC is, is probably minimal to zero. Um, so, the, so the shot would be Michigan. Um, but like you said, you know, 
Michigan be, has beaten Western Michigan and a an awful Washington team, a team that cannot move the ball on offense, can't do anything. Um, let's see as this season goes along and they have to play the Big Ten real teams if if this is still a team uh, that is you know so excited about the, for Damani Jackson to go there. So uh, it was a great visit to Michigan this past weekend. He didn't flip then. He hasn't flipped since Clay Helton's been fired. Um, I just I, I think it's something that he wants to do. If USC wasn't in the picture, he would do it. But USC is in the picture. All right. So we know you're talking with uh, Walter Nolan's dad coming up. He has had one of the most intriguing recruitments this whole cycle. He's been, or, you know, in his he's been to three different high schools. I think uh, moved around, kind of followed his coach, his high school coach, who went to Tennessee to Knoxville, Rodney Garner's involved. So obviously he doesn't miss on guys like that in his own backyard over his history. Um, and then he named a top three and then he went and visited Michigan, who was not in his top three. Michigan's offered both of his younger brothers. It's all over the place. So what, yeah. what do you make of what's going on with him? Because this is quite a, it, there's still twists and turns ahead too, I'm sure. Yeah. The biggest takeaway that I got from the interview was that Walter Nolan's dad said, this was, this is his top three right now, not his final three. Like, <laughs> like this is, these, these are the schools that he likes right now. So when everybody puts out their top list, it's like, Oh, these are the schools that one of these schools will get him. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but all three of them are very, very involved. I think the family and especially the father really like Rodney Garner a whole lot. I think that's going to play a big, big factor. Now, Josh Heupel being an offensive-minded coach is not a plus, um, but uh, and and I don't really think that the location is that big of a factor for Walter. He's not originally from Powell, Tennessee. He's not from the Knoxville area, so him staying there to go to college I don't think is a big factor. But Rodney Garner recruiting him, the success that he's had, how, how much of a veteran coach he is, I think that plays a big factor. When they went to College Station, they absolutely loved it. I think I, the, the perception I got was that Walter Nolan's dad was thinking he wasn't going to like it in College Station. He thought it was going to be more rural, but it wasn't. Um, and so I think that with, you know, Elijah Robinson's success developing defensive linemen there, the success that they've had on the defensive line from Miles Garrett and Leal and down the line, even interior in, the interior guys, um, is going to play a, a major factor. Jimbo is a convincing guy when he really wants somebody. And then Georgia, they saw what Georgia's defense did to Clemson's offensive line. They completely destroyed them. Uh, you know, they they sacked DJ, I think, seven times. Um, that is going to play a factor as well. And that's another staff that when they want somebody, Kirby and Dan Lanning and all those guys go after them super, super hard. So those three are very, very involved. But I'm not going to count out Michigan. Uh, he went up there. They love the development of defensive linemen. They look at a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who was a very talented high school player, but now is, you know, in the talks of being, you know, not, you know, the first defensive end taken off the board in the NFL draft. They have NFL coaches all over that, you know, staff. I think that's going to play a big factor. Do I see Walter Nolan in Ann Arbor playing in the Big Ten? I I don't. I see him as a Southeast SEC kid. So. I think Michigan is still very much in it, but I think he ends up in the SEC. I also wouldn't count out Alabama if they make a push. Florida could still be in there. Florida was a school that there was a rumor that he was almost close to committing to when he had visited there. Um, so I still think that those schools are involved on the fringe. But as we know, 
you know, he has changed his list multiple times. Um, you know, a day after naming his top three, he said he's still open to everybody. So I think there's still a lot to go on here. Yeah, we love this is the kind of kid we love. Honestly, gives us something to talk about. Uh, keeps people guessing. Nobody knows what's going on. You love it, right? Love it. Yeah, it's great. And and it's and it's fun because the kid, you know, is super talented too. That's the thing. Like he could push for number one player in the country if Travis Hunter wasn't just like such a freak athlete on both sides of the field. Uh, he's a super, super talented guy, uh, has been dominant everywhere he's gone. And so I think that uh, this is going to be an interesting one because there's just really no predicting. If if anyone is listening and someone is predicting that they know what Walter Nolan's going to do and where he's going to go, that then you know they're lying because I don't even think Walter or his family really know honestly where they're going to go right now. Right. So we'll be following that closely. It would be a huge get for for Josh Heupel if they can keep him huge. close to home. Uh, so that, so that would be big for them, especially in his first year. And of course, you know, just what Georgia or Texas A&M needs another dominant defensive line that yeah. continue destroying, uh, SEC offensive line. So, all right, Adam, you're going to talk to Walter Nolan senior, get some more, uh, Intel there. You can listen to that on this show, of course, right after we're done talking and uh, be sure to subscribe to the Godfather and Gorney feed on uh, Spotify or iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called, wherever you get your podcast to hear Adam talking with different guests every week and sometimes hearing me asking him questions. All right. Thanks, Adam. All right. See you. This is Adam Gorney, the National Recruiting Director at Rivals here with a big time guest today uh, for Tuesdays with Gorney, uh, Walter Nolan, um, the father of five star defensive lineman by the same name, um, who is definitely one of the top players in the country, if not the number one player in the country. And for you, Walter, what's it been like, you know, just dealing with the recruiting process? It's got to be so hectic and busy, but also fun at the same time. Yeah, um, it used to be hectic in the beginning. Uh, I got adjusted to it now. I think my whole family has. So, no, it's not as bad as it used to be. Bad because it used to be 50 schools calling you and now some have given up or? Uh, 50. <laughs> I would probably say that's an understatement. Uh, I think a lot of them have. Uh, some haven't. Uh, people ask about their top three. I mean, and I, I've told a lot of people, like, he didn't say this was his final three. He, this is, like, the people who he's really feeling right now. So I don't know why some people say it's, it's his final three and he said he said it's not my final three he says you know this is who i like the most right now right right let's talk about those schools real quickly tennessee texas a&m georgia uh three sec schools um and you know i'll, I'll kind of lay it out and and you kind of give me what you're thinking tennessee you know he's, he's at powell now right down the road literally 15 minutes is that a huge factor for him? Does he really care about that? Do you guys care about that much? Or is it really what the Tennessee coaches or the new staff there is, is talking about using him? Um, you know, it's, that's not really, a, you know, a big factor by him being at Powell. Um, he actually picked Powell. Um, when we decided to go to another high school, um, it came down to a couple of schools and he wanted to go to Powell. Uh, the coaching staff at Tennessee, great, you know, it's a great staff, you know, uh, since they've been able to call, since the dead period been over. Uh, of course, they've been in contact, which a lot of schools have. Uh, we actually like the coaching staff. 
Coach G, uh, the D-line coach, you know, body work, you know, it speaks for itself. He's been doing it, man, for a bunch of years. But we got a lot of guys, uh, get them to the next level. Uh, coach Hypo, uh, he's not a defensive-minded coach. He's really offensive-minded. But he's a good guy. I've met him before. Uh, they got a good staff at Tennessee. Let's talk Texas A&M. Um, you know, a little slow start to the season, just beat Colorado, but, you know, they're they're on the track to being an SEC contender year in and year out with Jimbo there. What do you like down there at A&M, especially along the defensive line with not only the coaches, but the players that they've produced there? Uh, Coach E, you know, man, one of the best, in my eyes, like one of the best up-and-coming D-line coaches in NCAA, you know, his body work, yeah, it's not, you know, he doesn't have the longevity as Coach G, but I can see him doing it for many, many years. A lot of guys probably going to go to the next level up under his belt. Uh, Coach Jimbo, you know, I mean, he got <laughs> his background speaks for himself, too. He's won a national. If, you know, honestly, I thought College Station was <laughs> was bales of hay and number trees down there, but when we visited, you know, it was totally different. And, you know, we kind of Kind of like it, and they got. I want, if I'm not mistaken, they won the top two or three defenses on the NCAA last year. So that's a great thing for them. And then Georgia, you look at a defensive line that you know completely dominated Clemson in the opener. That's got to be appealing to 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 Walter, and just the way that they recruit is pretty aggressive, and they and they're going to go after the guys that they want. What do you specifically like about Georgia? Man. Georgia is right there on the brink, you know, of winning it, winning it all. You know, they get they keep a top five recruiting class every year, year in, year out. Coach Trey been doing a great job on the recruiting. He, man, he one of the best. Like I've watched him uh, run a, a camp up and close and personal, and I like the way he worked the kids. You know, he's hands on, very personal. I like him. Walter likes. Him. Yeah. Like you said, it's a top three, not a final three. And I think that's a distinction that's important to know here. He was at Michigan this weekend. Um, you know, everybody feels like SEC, SEC, but Michigan keeps staying involved. And I think he has family in the area. Um, what is it about Michigan that appeals to him so much? And, and especially after such a big weekend win with such a great crowd on a Saturday night. Uh, I talked to uh, my family yesterday morning. Um, after they came back, me personally and Walter too, uh, the scheme. Michigan has, with the new D coordinator, new staff, you know, the scheme is, is a, it's an NFL scheme. And playing up and down the D line at different positions, by him being a versatile defensive lineman, he can play inside and out. You know, he really likes that. And that, the, the first two weeks for deep, uh, for Michigan, that defense has been looking pretty good. When you talk to him, are there other schools that have, that are interest are of interest to him that he's just not talking about? Are there not really? Are those the schools that he's kind of really just focusing in on right now? To be honest with you, when he announced that uh, that final six, them really the schools that he's been talking to. Uh, all of them, <laughs> and they all ask me the same question. I tell them, I said, man, everybody got a seat at the table, man. We all sitting at the same dinner table. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to make to dessert. It's all up to him. 
And last thing, this has been written a little bit and I just kind of want to get it from you. NIL stuff, um, name, image, likeness. How important are you guys looking at that when not only, you know, what certain players on the, on the team are, is doing now in terms of NIL deals, but when you talk to the coaches of, of what can be the possibilities down the road, is that a massive factor for you? Is it everything? Is it nothing? Where, where are you guys falling on that stuff? I want to say we all in on it. Um, you know, it's more so than NIL, you know, that's, you know, that's a good thing for the kids that's starting school this year, 21 and going up into the future. And I want to say it's the final decision. Uh, it's really as a whole, it's got to be as a whole far as NIL, uh, the coaching staff, it's got to feel right. So, um, I mean, a lot of people talk, you know, they got their own opinion, but it, I want to say it's a, the final deciding factor on it. Sure, sure. Again, thank you so much, Walter, for, for joining me. This is Adam Gorney for Rivals.com.